we are back and we are the run duo i am tommy mitchell what's up guys i am india cook <laughs> hey india you good this time i'm good this time i got little technical difficulties <laughs> so we were doing our intro and i go and i am tommy mitchell and instead of india saying it she just clicked off just i clicked ended off the, like she ended the zoom like, i was like did i do something wrong but we both here. <laughs> We're here. It's Thanksgiving. When this comes yes. out, this will be Thanksgiving Day. Yes. You know yes. what would be really cool? If if y'all, if this is if you just listening to this and you're mm-hmm. running the Thanksgiving half marathon for the Atlanta Track Club, look to your right and you yes. might see India. You oh, might you see me. You might Brother. see India. You might so. see me out here in these streets. So what's up, guys? <laughs> Keep going. If you're listening, I can y'all listen to this podcast as y'all run if you're running a race right now keep going you got this exactly yes i I am running a thanksgiving half i'm i'm excited about it but i'm it got cold over the last couple days like it was not chilly last last week but this temperature done dropped yes it has i don't know what the i haven't checked the i'm not running so i didn't check the actual temperature but Mm -hmm. you know heather was talking about taking because you know they're having the kid dash um for free and mm-hmm. Kevin was talking about taking trade down. I was like, dude, it's cold. I'm not taking trade down to run that cold ass weather. If yeah. you want to run, he can run up and down the street. But yeah. Um, and it's and yeah. for our people that live up north and all that, it's Atlanta cold. So like yeah. 30, low 30s, high 20s cold. And yeah. like we did dip into the 20s this morning. So that's cold to us. So yes. <laughs> I know in Chicago and New York, it may be colder and y'all like, oh, that's nothing. That's Whatever, nothing. cold, 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 you know, respect my cold. Right, respect <laughs> my cold. cold, that's cold, cold to us. Cold. Bundle up, bundle exactly. up. Exactly. You ready? You ready for that half marathon? I'm ready. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? I was thinking the other day, I, I have been training since March, like been in a consistent training plan, still working with, um, Danny, Dr. Danny, and still doing my thing with her. So did my PT exercises in and getting my mouths in. So I'm ready. I'm not going out to PR. Um, usually on Thanksgiving, those those races, I usually just want to enjoy myself. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm ready. I'm looking forward to it. A lot of um, people that I know, my run squad people, a lot of us are going to be out there running it. So I won't be out there alone. And of course, a lot of my listeners will be running it. Exactly, exactly. Is um, This isn't the first time you've run that that half, is it? So Thanksgiving is my first, was my first half ever. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So this is probably like my fourth time running the Thanksgiving half. Mm-hmm. And I told myself that I won't run it ever again in life after, I want to say it was after 2016. It was one year where it was so cold that I literally couldn't feel any of my extremities. Like it was, it was really, really bad. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm never running that race again. And I haven't until this year. So I'm out of retirement for the Thanksgiving. So yeah, when did I? Because I remember seeing you out there once um, before. It's before we, of course, we started doing the run duo. Um, mm-hmm. Because I had a that was after that was the the year I ran Chicago as well. So it was mm-hmm. probably the year before you ran Chicago. Is that the year that you're talking about? 2016. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, wasn't that so. cold? I ran in shorts. It wasn't that cold. It was good. 
Well, maybe it wasn't. It was one of these years that it just wasn't. But I mean, a lot of people say that they love the Thanksgiving half. And it's, again, for our listeners that don't live in Atlanta, it's a half marathon that runs in the city and is put on by Atlanta Track Club. And it is a 5K on that day as well as a half marathon. So I'll be running a half marathon. I know usually they have turkey trots on Thanksgiving Day, but Atlanta switches it up and allows there to, or not allows, puts on a half, which I think is great. Well, you know, back in the day, um, they used to actually run a marathon. Mm-hmm. on uh on thanksgiving basically running the same exact route um that the olympic marathon ran when it was here in atlanta but that was years mm-hmm. ago um right. but i guess you know they decided that was too much <laughs> on thanksgiving yeah people right was to pack it on up and get home and get a plate <laughs> <laughs> more yes 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 but yeah i like the the uh thanksgiving half um i'm not sure if they've ever if they've changed the route since the last time i ran it but I love the route because pretty much it's downhill almost the whole first half. But yeah, you 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 uh you working it back up here. You put that work half. in on the back end. <laughs> yeah, on the back on end. The yeah, they they hit you with some serious hills. Um, trying to get to that finish line. Um, mm-hmm. cause you the way they do it, which Atlanta Track Club loves to do this, they show you the finish line but then send you in another direction to go up another hill. So mm-hmm. it, it's definitely an issue marathon, but. It's my PR marathon, so like I said, it's 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 a good marathon to run. I mean, half marathon to run. Yeah, I really enjoy it, and you know, I'm kind of, I'm I enjoyed it when I ran it, but it was just so cold that I'm like trying not to think about that for Thursday. I just want to go out there and have a good time. So you know, no, you, some go, of those you are definitely going to go out and have a good time, and you know, um, you know, that's usually one of the more social uh races here in atlanta so you get a lot of people that come out for it yes for sure and um you know heather king and her crew are always doing what they do kind of their little uh friends giving type thing where they bring Mm -hmm. what do they call little chafing dishes and all that stuff out and you know some of our people get together under a tent and eat some food yes yes so it's definitely one of the more social uh races here in atlanta um along with you know the peachtree road race yes 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 so speaking of food, um, I think that it's worth mentioning that I know there's so many people online that are. Tell yeah, Braxton to get out the room, please. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so distracted. He's trying to get dinner. Yes, here. <laughs> well, look, look, we over here trying to. Uh, we over here writing <laughs> sticky notes. Look, what's for dinner? <laughs> what you get? Right, what you get for dinner? <laughs> I'll text you my my request. Thank you. Sorry, guys, distracted. <laughs> um, but y'all that's running either on Thursday or Friday or whatever it is, you don't have to iron your plate. You see all these posts. Like I feel like every week before the week before Thanksgiving or leading up to any holiday, actually, any big holiday, yeah, any mm-hmm. big holiday, you get this huge influx of people saying oh, let me make sure I'm moving this week or, you know, moving my body or running these miles. And, oh, I need to put in this many miles before I eat. They get up early morning on Thursday and run miles so they can earn their plate. And it's like, y'all, that is very diet culture, negative diet culture. Like there, that is just negative talk. You just really just eat, just eat. You don't need mm-hmm. to run all these miles to earn a plate. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to go run all the miles on Friday or Saturday to run off what you did eat or the extra slice of pie or whatever that you didn't want to eat. It's just not. It's just not necessary. Just eat. Enjoy just, yourself. Yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy it. But you know that you know there are people who that's just how they live. You know mm-hmm. they like I'm gonna run ten miles so 
So I can have a slice of pie. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's just not necessary. Now, I will say I'm going to work up an appetite. For my 13.1 miles, I will work up an appetite, but I am not running the race to ensure that I can obtain food or, or eat whatever I want that day. Or feel, or don't feel bad about enjoying your Thanksgiving. Mama yeah. took time. Mama took time <laughs> to make them plates. Go ahead and eat. Don't okay. make mama mad. Don't be, exactly. don't make big mama mad. Just go ahead and eat. Eat your food. Eat your food. Mm. Eat your food. And if you run, do it. Run because you enjoy it, not because you are trying to eat a certain amount of food or not, or not want to feel guilty about it. Yeah, eat your food. Mm. Mm -hmm. What you looking exactly. forward to, Tommy? What's what you looking forward to on your plate? Um, you know what? Uh, up until this morning, our plan was me and Ella were gonna have some Chinese food and chill out. I feel and, like this isn't the first time you've said that. Did y'all do that last year, or do y'all do that on Christmas or something? I feel like y'all did. We do that last year because I've only I've only made a turkey once, and that was back when we lived in the city. But then a lot of times Heather has relatives here that do a big Thanksgiving thing, or sometimes so we've gone over there. But this year we were planning on just chilling, getting some Chinese food and chilling. But I got a text from my sister this morning. Mm. She's like, "What up?" Because I have a niece. Her daughter lives here in Atlanta. She was mm -hmm. like, what up? We got we cooking. So I guess we're gonna go over there and, and see what they got. So hopefully, That's you know, I guess plate. it's gonna be a whole plate, a whole lot of family, you know, some wine, okay. I'm, I'm assuming. So um, okay. but you know what? I'm not a huge because I don't, I'm not a unless the turkey's fried, I'm not a huge fan of turkey. So really? you know, you yeah, like I'm not a big Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big turkey fan, so I've never been a big Thanksgiving person. Okay. Um, you know, so. It doesn't really matter to me, but mac and cheese. As long as you do the mac and cheese right, give me some good stuffing, I'm good to go. Oh my God, you said stuffing. Do we need to have this conversation again? What's wrong with stuffing? What? Stuffing and dressing. You mean, you mean stuffing, stuffing, like what's inside the, the turkey, or you actually mean like dressing that you can slice? Because there is a difference. Um, I don't know what it is, but it's some <laughs> form of bread that they didn't put some stuff in that looks mm -hmm. that I really enjoy eating. So I is call it, it stuffing, I suppose. I know you don't cut it. That's what I know. Yeah, it's okay. whatever well, it is. Yeah, so you actually talking about stuffing. I don't even eat stuffing. So stuffing is like breadcrumbs, whereas what I like to eat is corn is is dressing, which is usually cornbread based. So you actually mm -hmm. like, like cook cornbread, crumble it up, add in the different things that you need to add into it and it's cornbread based. So that's what I like to do is dress it. I don't really, I don't eat stuffing. Okay, I, I, whatever it is, I eat it's it. Good. So it's good. <laughs> they put, I put some gravy on it and that's, well, that's usually how I can eat the turkey. Cause oh, I mix it, yeah. It together. Yeah, I mix okay. it together with the gravy and that, you know, that makes that kind of gives the, the turkey something cause turkey is just dry to me. So um, mm -hmm. that's why, you know, so. You Do you eat cranberry? Nope. <laughs> not out the can, not no mashed cranberries, not no, what do they have it with the, the can with the, the little lines on the side? I don't eat nobody's cranberry. I never had, even when I was younger. I just Really? Mm -hmm. Never. Well, I mean, I, I haven't either, but somebody made me eat it once. And actually, mm. the mix of the turkey and the cranberry and the stuffing mm -hmm. actually was really good. But I don't, you know, like, I'm not going to ask anybody for it. I think Heather eats cranberry because I think when we did do it once, she wanted the the can and it still had mm -hmm. the shape, the gelatin yeah. looking uh, 
look in shape. But see, that was that's like, have you, do you like, well, you, do you eat pork? I don't think you do. Do you? I do eat pork, actually. Okay. Have you ever had pork chops and applesauce? Oh, no. But I know it that they- is freaking delicious. But I know they started you would at never, Cracker Barrel. You, you would never think it. You know, and the only reason I know about it on the, not the Partridge, the Brady Bunch. On the Brady Bunch, they used to talk about it. Pork chops and applesauce. And I was like, dang, that sound nasty. Somebody made me try it. That junk is delicious. Pork chops and applesauce. So, but anyway, and I think it's the same thing with the cranberry and the turkey. It's that Mm. same kind of sweet with the savory that makes it taste good. No, I'm a texture person. Even though I eat jello and stuff, the cranberry just never looked appetizing. And maybe because because when I was younger, my mom used to, used to always give me the one out the can. And I'm just like, this is straight. Like, it just did not. You've never had anybody like make it from actually have, cranberries? But then, yeah, but I'm not really a cranberry person. Like, I barely eat, like, uh, berries and raisins. Like, it has to take a lot for me to be able to eat that. So it's probably yeah. just a texture thing. I got you. But yes, you don't I'm looking eat, forward you don't to eat grits either, do you? you know oh, I love grits. Okay, I, there we go. And okay. I'm a sugar sugar on a grits girl, not okay. not all, all right. Of let's it. move on. Let's move on. Because <laughs> now she's talking crazy. <laughs> sugar on grits? Are you talking about? It is so good. That's mm. how I eat my grits. Mm. We could probably do a whole podcast if we got <laughs> people to write in like their different things, and we'd be like, oh no, oh yeah. Yes. So yeah, we could probably do a whole podcast <laughs> we could. on talking we about could. Uh, these different types of food, especially in the South, because you know yes. everybody got their own way of doing things in the South. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it definitely, definitely would be different. But yeah, I think about anyway. some of the quirks that I have when I was younger of stuff that I used to eat, and I'm like, why did I eat that? Like there were some random things I used to eat. Dude, I used to not want my food to touch. That's how finicky I was of an eater when I was younger, and, and I'm paying for it now because I got a son that's the exact same way. Yeah, that I, you know, I didn't want my food to touch. I couldn't stand it. Let me tell you something. You starve in a dorm for about a semester. Figure it out. I don't care (laughs) what food you got. I will eat it. When I came home from college, my mom was like, "You're a different person." Like, yeah, I don't care, mom. Put it on the plate. Yeah, Yeah, whatever. I'm hungry. (laughs) Exactly. But anyway, so (laughs) Thanksgiving. If y'all out there running, look for India. Find her. What color shirt you wearing? I know you already got your outfit set out. Don't act I like mean, you don't. <laughs> uh, as of right now, it's a blue long sleeve, but I have not decided on if that's going to be it because the temps are dropping. So I'm going to have to, I might have to switch it up. So I don't know yet. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just look, but look for India. See if you can find yes. a tap on the shoulder and tell I'll her she need to, there. she need to try some applesauce and pork chops. <laughs> tell nope. her, tell her. <laughs> yes. Happy to try it. But yes, looking forward to everybody. And again, eat your plate, peeps. Eat your plate. <laughs> Eat your plate. Now, speaking of half marathons, now I'm not sure if anybody's going to do this on Thursday out in Atlanta, but Jacob Kiplimo sets half marathon record, world record in Lisbon. Um, tw- uh, he is actually a bronze medalist from the Olympics. He's Ugandan, but he ran a time of 57 minutes and 31 seconds to break the world record. That's like a four minute mile or something. Like that is amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Congratulations, Jacob. I, when I saw that, I was like, wait, what? You went how far? <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know what? That's how you got to run the half. Because I think, and honestly, I think that's why a lot of people that are, well, not people, elites that are really good 
mm-hmm. at running the half marathon don't mm-hmm. always translate so well to the marathon. Because to mm-hmm. me, to me, it's almost like running the difference between the 5K and the 10K. 5K, you really are sprinting. You're gassing it for three miles. Yeah. 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 So I think the same thing, half marathon, you are busting it. Whereas I think in the marathon, you you do get to a pace, even though to you and I, it sounds like they're busting it too, but oh, yeah, you, do get to, mm-hmm. you do get to a, a, a pace and that's kind of how, you know, you run it. Oh, Whereas, good. yeah, exactly. Whereas, you know, the half marathon, I feel like um, you are just, you're busting it the whole time. Like yeah. you, you, you putting everything into it. Yeah, I think that I was, it was funny that you said that because I was just listening um, to Eat, Sleep, Run podcast. Um, his name is Tommy. Yeah, Tommy. He was he was talking about the um, his translation between the five k and the ten k, and how just your your training and your practice and how you get up to the run. It's just very different. Um, mm-hmm. And how he he felt like because at one point he was training a lot for for five k's, and so you have this speed distance. But then the ten k is just very different. And he was basically just talking about like how the ten k really hurts, and it's like yes, yeah, a longer distance that you got to hold a certain speed, so it just looks different. Whereas I feel like with a half marathon and a marathon, you can get to a groove and you can sit into a pace for a little while. Whereas the five k and the ten k, you kind of got to get out there and get it done. You so, got to buzz it, yeah. Yeah, so very different, but congratulations to him. That is amazing. And I know um, we were talking, Tommy, that before we got on that these these world records just keep getting like every, I feel like every couple of months or every couple of weeks, there's some kind of record being broken. And I just think that that's amazing, especially for the the, the history of our sport is going to mm-hmm. continue to evolve. So, Well, like I was saying, I, I think a pandemic has a lot to do with it, where a lot of people weren't racing. They were just training. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, maybe they're more rested up, you know, I think, you know, or, you know, just the, the, the constant training has put them in the kind of shape where they can, you know, reach these world records, or maybe they were shooting for world records because they needed something, because since they weren't racing, they needed something to, to focus on. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, they, I, mm-hmm. I got to focus on something. So, you know what, I'm going to focus on trying to break this world record. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, seriously. I mean, I think that it just had people to lock lock in and really do what they needed to do to get the fitness that they needed. So I'm happy. I'm like, come roll, come rub shoulders with me. <laughs> <laughs> come rub shoulders with me. So that's exciting. Truly, truly exciting. All right. So I don't know if you saw, I know you don't be staying on top of social media, but today... Your girl finally posted her Boston Marathon medal and jacket and shirt. (laughs) So I finally posted it. Um, And the reason why I say finally, Tommy, is because I I think you and I talked about this. was a little hesitant about it, hesitant on running the race. But my post was just basically like, I really... There was so much... There's so much of an elitist mentality behind the Boston Marathon. And I'm not going to say rightfully so, but I think that the Boston Marathon is a totally different race than all of the other marathons. You you can't just sign up. There's not a lottery. It's either you qualify via time, which is a really fast time. Mm-hmm. And when I say fast, I mean it. the average person, your everyday person is not running the times that you would need to get into Boston. Like it is, it is definitely... Um, 
you you put in some work to get to Boston Marathon to qualify via time. Um, and then you also can sign up via lottery and then you also can do, not lottery, excuse me, you can sign up via um, charity. So you have to raise funds to be able to get in. And then of course they also have like sponsored bibs from different companies and stuff that allow you to be in. Um, but it was one of those things where, you know, in my post, I just was like, we really need to minimize the feelings of the elitist mentality and the people that talk, people that qualify for Boston just talk very, or I saw a lot of people talking very negative about the virtual option and people feeling like it, it should not be an option for people to run the race virtually and get a medal or get a unicorn, which is the medal um, for the race because it takes away from the, I guess the seniority of the race. But I'm like, for me, at the end of the day, I'm not taken away from the fact that you can say that you qualify for Boston. I wouldn't, I won't say that. That's not something for me to do. If mm -hmm. someone asked me about my jacket, I'll let them know it's virtual. Like no big deal. Um, but I just think that there's such a elitist mentality about it. And we just have to be more cognizant um, about kind of what, what we're feeling of it. And for those that don't know, the qualifying times are, are very, very, very interesting. So like for me right now, if I was to try to qualify for Boston, I would need to run a three hour and 35 minute marathon. Three hour and what now? Again? Three, th 335. What does it say for 50s? The 50 year olds, 50 year old man, what is it? If you were to do it, it'd be 355. 355, sorry, three, really? 325, 325, I'm sorry. I said 355. That was I, I did it. No. 325. <laughs> 325. <laughs> 325. Okay. 325 for you and your age limit, in your age bracket. If there was a woman between 50 and 54, it was 355. So, and those times, you know, change, but it it is it is very different for people. Um, and I mean, again, I respect everyone that can can time qualify to get into mm -hmm. Boston. I think that it's amazing, but don't take away from the fact that people that may not be able to do that right now that have the opportunity to run the the marathon virtually that can do it. So, well, and I mean, I'm with you on that. Don't I don't put anybody else down to make yourself feel better. I, I definitely do not believe in that. But I can see some disappointment from somebody because we both know people who attempted to qualify for Boston multiple times yes. um, and then finally did it, you know, they got it. But then if it I did, if, and, and well, it came on, you know, I qualify for Boston and then all of a sudden I see, oh, wait a minute, they had a virtual one that I could have mm -hmm. gotten the medal. I can see them being disappointed, but I don't think they should use that disappointment against somebody else. Well, I think that there's two different I think there is two different buckets there. So with Boston, we know that, and this is different for 2022, you can qualify, you can run your qualifying time and consider yourself a Boston qualifier. So for me, it would be your 335. I can mm -hmm. run that time and say that I'm a Boston qualifier, but just because you qualify for Boston, you run I mean, that you time need. does not mean that you're getting in. And mm -hmm. that is what I guess the big buzz is right now is Majority of the time in previous years, say I needed a 335. Typically, there is what they consider like a buffer. You need to give yourself a buffer to actually get on into the race because there's so many people that are qualifying that they had to say, okay, yeah, you made this qualifying time, but you need to be a couple minutes faster than the qualifying time to even get a bib. Mm -hmm. 
get a so cushion. Was, mm -hmm. for, yes, there needs to be a cushion. So for me, if it was 335, I may have need to run like a 333 or a 332 to even get a bib, even though I qualified. So I think yeah. for people that qualify, it's a double whammy, meaning that it, is, it takes a lot to train up to get to those times to say you qualify, but then to be told that you can't run. I can mm -hmm. see why that would be an issue. But I also feel like people that really want to run in Boston, they're not going to more than likely are not going to take the option of doing virtual because they really yeah. want to run in Boston. Whereas for somebody like me that I know that more than likely, if I don't get a sponsor bib or, or charity, I'm more than likely not going to be running Boston in person <laughs> unless those two options are taken up. So I was like, hell, I'm about to get on this virtual option and get my uniform. Well, and I'm really happy that I'm happy they did it um, because it shows that the people that are running Boston, they want this to be America's marathon. They want mm -hmm. people to to gravitate to it. And I think, you know, and it, it may be just because I, I'm, I'm in tune with the running community. But each year to me, it got more and more elitist. Mm -hmm. You know, every single year got more and more elitist. And, and maybe they decided you know, we don't want it to be like that. We understand we can't put bring every person that wants to run and run on this strip of road, um, you know, in April or whatever. But mm -hmm. we want people to still gravitate to our race to enjoy it. So we're going to do a virtual option. And I mean, I know the pandemic had to do with it, but I'm glad that they did it and, and felt like, hey, we still want everybody to feel like that they can be a part of this, to yes. share in the joy of what it's like to finish a Boston Marathon. Yes. And the medal is different. For those that don't know, the medal for in-person and the medal for um, for virtual is different. It's a totally different color. The ribbon of um, the virtual medal says virtual. So it's not the exact same medal. It's very evident that it's not the same medal. So for people that you know wanted it to be different. Now, the jackets, you have to purchase on your own. That's up to you. Somebody that didn't even run Boston can buy that jacket and wear it. But I got um, a Boston Marathon shirt that somebody bought for me. I don't ever wear it, but I got it. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and I've never, I've never, I've only been to Boston once and nobody was running. So, right. Well, I will say something that did come out of all of this. And I think that we talked about this on our last episode. And that was, well, I'll say what, what I feel like the reason is. So, of course, they have limited the field size for 2022 Boston. But the other thing that they have done is remove the cushion that you may have needed to get into Boston for the qualifying time. So we were just talking about the cushion or the buffer. So for 2022, if you put your qualifying time in, they validated your qualifying time, you get in regardless. So if you got in right on the money at 335 for me and there was no buffer, many of those runners were very nervous. They were like, you know what? I don't even know if I'm gonna get in because I didn't have a buffer. But for 2022, Boston has lifted it. You don't have to have any kind of buffer. If you registered, you did the qualifying time, you are in the game for 2022 yeah I am really excited and happy for all of those runners I think that that I honestly feel like that's what it should be every year but I feel like they're able to do it this year I personally feel like the vaccine mandate caused yeah. a lot of people to not register and not want to run Boston because of the vaccine mandate um and it caused them to not have enough, a lot of numbers. So they was like, well, we'll just invite everybody in that registered so that we can at least have some somebody here. So it's 24,000? You know? I'm not mad at it. It's somewhere, yeah, somewhere in there is 20-some-thousand that's going to be allowed. Um, and yes, and there will, everybody can run. So congratulations to everybody that qualified and actually registered. Y'all going to Boston in April. So and back to that vaccination mandate. So I'm assuming the elites have to be vaccinated as well? Mm. 
Okay. Well, look at y'all posted. Um, Everybody that runs. Yeah, I mean, I kind of figured there'd be something because of the vaccine vaccine mandate. Um, mm -hmm. You know, but you know, it is what it is. I'm I'm happy for the people that are running. Good job. Yeah. And we're just assuming, we're not saying that that's the reason nobody from Boston has told us that, but I'm assuming that the mandate caused less people to register in Well, it in had return. to. Yeah, they had. Well, the only reason I can say it had to is because how many people they usually have running Boston? 60,000? Um, not quite 60, but a lot. So usually every year they're turning away. There has been a range over the last eight years. There hasn't mm -hmm. been a range between 2,000 and 7,000 runners that they have to tell no. Exactly. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I think that there is a huge number of people just because of the time cutoff um, that they just didn't have to kind of turn people away this time. So I think that that's a piece of it. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I'm, I'm happy for everybody that is qualified. I feel bad for anybody that felt like, well, I could qualify, but I don't think I'd get in and didn't. So they you know, probably register. just didn't register. Yeah, yeah. I really feel bad if anybody didn't register. So, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm happy for the people that did make it. Yes, for sure, for sure, for sure. So congratulations to everybody. And you know what? We're just keeping this keeping this thing alive. Yes, indeed. I, you sent me the text on it. At first, I was like, what, there is no qualifying time? I can go ahead and get in? <laughs> <laughs> like, you I get was like, wait, <laughs> like, wait, what you mean? You mean anybody can run? I was like, oh, okay. that, ain't, that ain't it. No, that Thomas. ain't it. No, that, you are Not incorrect. This time. Maybe we'll get that blessing at another moment at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't I see it. that either. <laughs> exactly, right. I don't see that. I, I don't see that happening. Which happening over here? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now, before we get ready to bring our guest on, so everybody, if you see India right now, find her and wish her a happy birthday. <laughs> Yay! Yes, yes. India's yes. birthday was well. Today is Tuesday. India's birthday was, was on Monday. Yes. Um. And you know, you can tell uh, India's an adult now because she just went to work. I went to work. I That's went called work. adulting. <laughs> yes, I went to work, but I'm looking forward to it. Of course, my honey planned a nice little weekend for us. So I'm looking forward to the weekend, but I just need to get through this week is what I need to do. So, but yes. <laughs> Really excited for my birthday. Had, you know, a couple gifts on my birthday, had some good food and relaxed, but I worked, didn't do my normal. Sometimes I'll take off the day, my day of the, my birthday and go get a massage or something like that. But this year yeah. was a little different. I gotcha. But yeah, if yeah. you if you see her out there running, go ahead and snatch her and, and, yes. and give her a hug and wish her a happy birthday. Yes. Give me give me some love and go from there. Your girl is aging like fine wine. Just want to let y'all know. All right, so we got a guest coming on here in just a moment. Um, very excited to speak with her. She's been around in the Atlanta running community for a while. Um, yeah. And I'm glad we get to talk to her. So I am too. It's well overdue. So yes, yes, yes. So we'll bring her home in just a moment. All right, guys, and like Tommy and I promised, we have an amazing guest on the podcast today. And I will say this interview is long overdue. It's an interview that I have been wanting to do. We This is a bright and sunny light in Atlanta running community. We have Aisha Jordan Johnson, mom, wife, ultra marathoner, and just an amazing spirit and individual. Welcome to the run duo, Aisha. Thank you. Yes, welcome. You forgot she's a CAU uh, uh, is it Panthers? Are y'all the Panthers? Yes. I was going to get to that because, you know, Don't I'm an alum, too. I'm an alum, too. CAU Panther. Give that yes. to us. 
Clark Atlanta University. I got my master's from there. You got your undergrad and master's from there. I don't think you knew that, but when I read your bio, I was like, go Clark. Yes, I got my master's from there. So yeah, so we have that in common and we didn't even know that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yes. So we are really, really happy to have you on. Um, and again, like I said, Atlanta runner here, living in Atlanta, of course, from New Orleans though, New Orleans, Louisiana, but has been in Atlanta since 1998. So you've been here a minute, um, but we are so happy to have you. I promise you, I feel like every time I see you, it is always the warmest hug, the biggest smile, and you are always very happy and excited and I just, I don't know. I've never seen you in a place of like, oh, that was tough. Like you just always exude an amazing spirit. So we want to get to know who you are and kind of where that light comes from. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, how did you start running? What did you, what got you into running in, in the beginning? Um, running actually small, starting from the very, very beginning, my dad, it was something that I said, okay, my dad used to run and I said, okay, I want to run with him. He was very, very busy during the week. And on the weekends, he used to run. I said, okay, hey, daddy, when are you running? I'm ready. Let's go. So I would run with him at Audubon Park in New Orleans, which is, oh, don't quote me. I actually think it's a little less than two miles around, but we okay. used to go on the run. I used to complain about butterflies as I called them was the cramps and it was like ah daddy uh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah so that was how it started that's how running all, all all started with me with him and just getting out there so I could spend quality time with him because he was super busy during the week so um yeah I would definitely say with him on the weekends was how I started with running. Nice. And did you, did he race at all or it was just kind of an outlet for him or for both yeah, of you no, all? He, he raced, he did, um, what was a hour Atlanta Peachtree road okay. race in New Orleans. It was the Crescent city classic. Okay. So okay. it was the equivalent, probably not as big, but on a similar, um, in terms of numbers and the corrals and cause you know, every, every city doesn't have that. We, we take that for granted. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> exactly. So he was out there. Sometimes he, he would even do races that was connected with um, wherever he worked. If you know, everybody would sign up and join. So anyway, I, I used to love wearing his t-shirts, his, uh, his Crescent city classic t-shirts and I, I wear mine the ones that I earned right. and I love it because I think about him every time I wear it. So yeah, that's where it started for sure. Oh, nice. That is so nice. And so do you continue to run that race? Um, just because I, that kind of where he started? Yeah, I try to. In fact, he used to wear this, um, he's going to kill me for saying this, but he would wear this midriff, <laughs> this midriff top, stomach all out with the big Mickey Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I love it. I love it. That was his race shirt. That was his race shirt. Well, my nice. the one I remember the most. Okay, okay. That, and that was that's not strange. It's strange today, but at the time that you know it was normal. Midriff, yeah. a man wearing it, not not a big deal. Right. But, and I tried to find something similar to that so I could wear the same thing. But anyway, yeah, it was something that he did often. The small running shorts and the 
the Mickey Mouse midriff okay. shirt and he ran in Crescent City Classic. So I don't get there as often as I would like because okay. of the timing, um, because there are also some other New Orleans races that I, I try to get out there to do. But um, yeah, it's a 10K and it's a lot of fun. The one that the thing that sticks out the most to me about that race is the after party. Mm. You got the live music and you got the the food is so good. You get yeah. the jambalaya, the red beans and rice. Oh yeah. my all God. the goodness. I remember mm. running New Orleans. Um, I think Tommy, you were there that year. We did was it 2016? We did rock and roll New Orleans. I did it two years. I think I did it 2016 and 2017. That was a good weekend. Like I will <laughs> tell you, like if you're gonna do uh, like a race, like a runcation, like New Orleans is an amazing place to do that in, especially if you want to get some good eats. Yes, definitely. Very good food there. And mm -hmm. and I don't know, we didn't tell you this, but this is going to come out on Thanksgiving. So you probably yes. got everybody's mouth watered and ready to eat just talking about <laughs> the jambalaya and the red beans. Yes. I'm, I'm hungry yes. right now. I'm about to leave y'all to come back. Right. Exactly. I'll talk to y'all in a minute. Oh, that sounds so good. You should go to Papa Oh my gosh. That's one of my favorites, Papa Me too. That's my one of my favorite restaurants for sure. Yes, yes, yes. Well, good. So I am glad that your dad kind of sparked that fire underneath you. So did you continue running or did you get into it as a recreational sport or as you were young, or you just continued to have it as um, a kind of a run with you and your father? Well, that, that's an excellent question. Okay. So running, my dad was super busy. That was what I would consider my bonding time with him. Mm-hmm. But as a kid, I did I cheer I did cheering and I danced. Okay. I danced from four years old all the way up until right before college. What was that? 17, 18 years old. Right. Mm -hmm. And and dance team. So it was actually very rigorous with the okay. cheerleading and the, the dance, the dancing and the dance team. And the the, uh, the track, I honestly I wasn't that great at. Mm. High school track team the coach looked at me and said okay 100s and 200s you'll be fast mm -hmm. I was fast at my in high school at my um in at school but when it was time for where it counted mm -hmm. like county was, and stuff like that yeah exactly it was like I was pushing <laughs> you're like oh y'all fast fast <laughs> exactly because I was going against these girls, high school, twitch muscles, the thighs were yeah. this uh, thick. Yeah. I was out there and I was like, yeah. <laughs> for me, it was fast, but it was not fast enough for the actual, where the comet in the track meets, 100, 200s, long distance is what I like. And at the time, I didn't know that was what I liked. I went out there and I was like, daddy, I tried, I tried. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just wasn't in it well that's good wasn't fast enough mm -hmm. so at what point did you transition into into middle distance or long distance running was that through college no um no college I was totally against doing anything physical believe it or not I was like <laughs> I needed a break it was so rigorous like I said from four years old all the way up until um, college, I said, I need a break. I actually mm -hmm. begged my, my mom, my, my dad. I said, I can't, I can't do this. It's too much, too much. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, 
college, I said, okay, I'm, I'm not doing anything. I don't want, I, I wasn't in any kind of scholarships or anything like that. So uh, college, I said, I'm not doing anything, no dance, no track, nothing. I just want to be, I want to be regular. I just want to relax, just enjoy people, get into my studies and concentrate on that. So what, did, what, what was exactly, you said, when did I get into it? Yeah, when did you start getting into distance running? So funny enough, it was actually way past college. So, Cause college, I, I did do martial arts. Mm-hmm. I did freshman year. I met some other people that were, was into uh, capoeira, was that, which is an Afro-Brazilian martial art. Mm-hmm. I said, whoa, this is awesome. It's not a dance, but kind of, but let me go ahead and get into this. But anyway, that's not the question that you asked me. Um, oh, no, it's okay. I'm glad you mentioned that because Tommy, <laughs> me and Tommy were talking about it before you got on. And I was like, I I had personally had never heard of it, but he was like, yes, you haven't heard of it. He was excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a friend, um, she went to Emory and she did it because um, there was a school on Roswell Road that she used to go to. And I used to joke with her all the time. Like, so if you, if you get mugged, you got to turn some music on. <laughs> before you can before you're like hold on a second hold, hold up don't shoot me let me turn on my radio let's go because <laughs> you do it to music at least that's how you know the traditional you see them doing with the drums and you know all that kind of stuff but yeah it's definitely a beautiful martial art it is i just want to say big ups to you tommy for even knowing what it is because most people don't <laughs> no, and that's, I didn't. that's okay Andy. i want you to know because it's not something that's out there. Mm-hmm. It's, especially if you don't play, if you're not into MMA, which mm-hmm. I like watching mixed martial arts fights. I, I enjoy that UFC fighting. And if you don't play video games, you would have no idea. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's, um, so Capoeira is an Afro-Brazilian martial art. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So I have to be mindful because I can be long-winded. Let me go ahead. And <laughs> it's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, but there's a lot of history behind it. Woo. Okay. So Capoeira is an Afro-Brazilian martial art. It started mm-hmm. in, in Africa, in Angola. It was considered a, um, a rites of passage for, for boys. That mm-hmm. if an African boy in Angola, I'll say say that specifically, wanted the hand of a, a woman, they would have to get in a fight with a controlled fight, of course, with another person, and they would get the the opportunity to have the hand of another woman, if I, if I'm making sense. Mm-hmm. But in this circle of the controlled fight it's it's more of a it's a dance it looks like a dance one watching might consider it just to be a dance and not just a fight and if they were to win this fight they would get to have the the chance to choose the woman of their choice in in africa and so this was brought over to brazil and in brazil music was added to it singing was added to it instruments well instruments was already in angola so i don't want to put that all in brazil um music was added to it so but that was to hide the fact that they were doing a a a fight Mm -hmm. and within this fight they would use it against the slave masters to gain their independence 
I don't know if I'm making any sense. No, you're know. totally making sense. You're educating us. That's awesome. Yes, exactly. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's where Portuguese, that's where the Portuguese element is, because there are African elements, but that's where Portuguese is, is added into Capoeira. A lot of the songs is in Portuguese. There are some African dialect, but, um, and then the instruments that are played, there are certain sounds in the instrument that are that that are played in a certain way that let you know when the slave masters are coming so you all have to stop um mm. stop fighting or stop practicing so you know you'll get up and do samba and act like you're not doing anything at all mm -hmm. um so that the slave masters would know because this is illegal it was illegal in brazil for a long time you would have all sorts of punishment if you were uh, caught practicing capoeira it's so much. I'm trying to, I'm trying to put it in a small oh, part. Yeah, no, that is amazing, and I'm pretty sure our listeners will pro are probably like googling it as they listen yeah, if they can, like googling it. So, when did you officially get into running? I know you 2013 was when you did your um, first half marathon in Savannah. Is that right? Wow, it was 2013. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, that was a yeah. long time ago. Yeah, so that was 20, well, to me. I'm like 2013, give or take. Yeah, you know, that doesn't seem like that long ago to me. Like that long ago, but I mean, so you were like, tell me about kind of what did you do to transition from the from that the, your dance practices to now back now back into doing more distance running did you just say i'm going to go out for a run one day and see how i like it and keep going or what did that look like for you oh that's a great question sorry for being so long-winded with the other stuff i'm working you're on fine. that I'm working you're, on okay. <laughs> you're okay you're okay. okay um all right so running apart from my my dad mm -hmm. definitely stemmed from my children for sure 100 percent it was a, I don't remember what day it was. I couldn't tell you a date in a year, but the girls, my girls, I had two girls they are now 20, 12 and 14. They were young. Okay. I was a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a lot of other mom friends. So I was kind of alone. My family was up in Houston at the time. Was anybody Katrina? Okay. Yeah. Everybody was in New Orleans or Houston mm -hmm. because of Katrina. So anyway, um, it was, just, it was just a day that I, I, I couldn't take it. It was just too much. It was too many diapers, too many poopy diapers. It was just like, <laughs> I need a break. I can't call this person and that person. They don't understand. I need I just need a mental break. Right. So I called my husband. I said, when you come home, I'm just going to go for a run. And he was like, a run? I was like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to go for a run. I'm just, I need, a, I need a break. I need a mental break, physical break. Just need to get it out. So when he pulled up, I was actually both girls in my in <laughs> yes. door and he was pulling into the garage. I'm smiling like, okay, let's go. I'm ready. Mm -hmm. So he comes in, he takes the girls and I go, I just take off. I'm mm -hmm. on this. I couldn't tell you what my pace was. Have no idea. Mm -hmm. Couldn't tell you how far I went, but it was such a good feeling i probably sprinted i probably i'm pretty confident i just sprinted and came back how long was i out there i have no idea <laughs> i came back I, I all i do know is my breathing was ragged i was kind of all over the place i was between hungry and 
not hungry and nauseous. It was, mm -hmm. it was, it sounds crazy, but it was such an incredible feeling when I got back to the steps of the house. I remember just breathing heavy and smiling and saying, wow, that was amazing. I want this feeling again. Yes. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was about to throw up. <laughs> I, I don't know. I probably could have gone maybe even not even half a mile, but mm -hmm. at the time it was, in, it was incredible. And I said, I want this feeling. I got to do this again. That's what I said. I got to do this again. I pulled out my phone. I looked up double strollers. Mm -hmm. double dragging <laughs> and that was it wow dragging strollers and I said I'm going to get the girls in and sure enough got them in the, the jogging strollers and it was all three of us from that point on it was mm. great Wow. wow. okay first off I give you much props for running with the double jogging stroller I got one kid I ain't running in the stroller with it so <laughs> the fact you out there with a double stroller I got to give you much props because that is not mm -hmm. easy at all awesome <laughs> I want to know what did your husband think? Did he think you weren't coming back? Because you're talking about you spread it away. I'm sure he was like, honey, honey. <laughs> it's okay. I'm home now. <laughs> honey, I'm sure he was he was a little worried, like, mom's coming back. Girls, mom's coming back. Don't worry. He's looking at his watch, <laughs> facing the floor, like, where is she at? Because <laughs> it sounds like you were kind of at that state, which honestly. It's not always about the kids. It's not, but I think everybody at some point to get them out for that first run, it's something to that effect that has mm -hmm. pushed them out the door. So I completely understand. Yes. Oh my gosh. That, yeah. So you understand what I'm saying. It was nothing against, I don't want to make it sound like I'm this mom that was just like <laughs> about to lose her mind. Well, maybe a little bit of losing my mind. It was just, it was just a lot. And I just needed an outlet. And mm -hmm. listen, I'm not a mom, but I can only imagine. And especially when you're at home, you have them like, listen, when I babysit sometimes, it's like, woo, I get to give them back. So I, it's okay. You don't have to minimize it. It is totally fine. Exactly. You needed some mommy time and you needed to release. And you got that on the pavement, which is amazing. Exactly. And that's just it. Apart from just the, the mommy time, separately is just a mental health it's just a mm -hmm. calmness of mm -hmm. i'm i'm out here by myself in nature mm -hmm. running if i want to walk i can walk right. it's up to me if i want to run i can run if i want to sprint i can sprint it's not okay well my oldest daughter she needs this right now and, and, and or this person or this job needs this and i gotta do it this way it's that's just it it was just my time meant for me how I want to do it slow fast it doesn't matter right well let me ask you this you know because I mean initially it was the, the girls that kind of got you to the point where like look I got to start running again I, I, to make myself feel better get my release yeah. how do they because you run a lot you get out there you hit that pavement how do the girls see it are they interested in running at all or are they kind of like oh that's something mom does in the beginning they were and I was so excited about it. In the beginning, they would come out. And when they were, when I say in the beginning, I don't know, five, seven, around that, I was going to say that's on point. They were right there at the door. <laughs> um, around that time, they, they came out. In fact, I have pictures and they would dress alike. And it was fun. It was fun for them. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, where they would be competitive with each other. So much mm -hmm. where I was like, I don't have to be so competitive because I'm not competitive. But they would be, Two years apart, they would be competitive with with each other. 
Um, but no, it was, um, it or it to, to this day, I should say, everybody has their uh, own style, which I love. I love mm -hmm. that. For example, my oldest daughter, she she's very continuous with, with a very slow pace. And I think that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Simone, my youngest daughter, will spread it out and then walk very slow. I don't correct any of this. There's no correction. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's great. However you want to do it, because I always feel that forward is the pace. Mm -hmm. No matter how slow, no matter how fast, walk, run, it's up to you. I don't, I don't, I don't, some people might say you should be pushing them, but I don't. I, I think mm -hmm. it's just all forward is the pace as long as you're being active and having fun with it. If it's a, it's a chore and a nightmare and you're like, oh my God, I'm never doing this again, then we haven't, we're not doing what, what's right. good. Yeah, no, yeah exactly. Mm -hmm. exactly. So I mean, to this point, you, like we said in your body, you're in the intro, you are an ultra marathoner. Like you do long distance <laughs> runs. You've done, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to list this because you are deserving. 45 half marathons, 15 marathons, five 32 milers, two 50 milers, two 100 Ks, which is 62 miles, four 100 milers, and one 138 milers. Like, I don't know, Tommy, I need you to drop the hand claps in to mm. the right here because that is beyond amazing. And I just think about like, there is a difference. I always talk about, I've, I have not done um, an ultra marathon, but running a marathon to me is a, is a huge feat, let alone going past that distance. So tell us how you, I guess, what, what gave you the bug to do something over a half or a marathon? Like at what point did you transition into the ultra distance? Okay, so um, first half marathon I did was rock and roll New Orleans. Mm-hmm. It was a nightmare. Um, training was horrible. I overtrained. I was one of those, oh, the training plan says do six miles. I'm gonna do ten. Mm. Not a good idea. I don't suggest mm -hmm. it. I went crazy. It was in, intense to the point where serious injury a month before half marathon. The half marathon actually was so bad. I think most normal people would have been like, I'm never doing this again. This was terrible. I had like the whole scooter run walk mm -hmm. thing because I was just, I had an injury. It was just, it was just bad. Um, first marathon I did was Savannah. Mm. I trained with a group, um, which I am not a group person, which I don't have anything against it. I just, my schedule doesn't really allow for a, okay, yes, every Saturday at this time, I'm going to do this amount of miles. Anyway, the... Marathon training for Savannah, I was very, very, I was like a nerd. I was like everything. I was like, yes, if it's six, 6.3, I'm going to do 6.3 down to it. <laughs> right, down to it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I was a nerd with that. I probably would out of what, five months, I probably missed two because I was so like, I don't want such a bad experience for the half marathon. So the Savannah half marathon was incredible. I enjoyed it. I didn't have a, a, a set goal pace or not pace, but yeah, pace or time. I just had such a great time. So when I went through the finish line, I literally was like, oh man, that's it. Yeah. yeah. 
I was I was sad because I, I felt so good. I had such a nice pace. I had a good time while I was running. I wasn't clock watching. It was it was so good. Where that honestly was a time where I said, where well, I could have gone further. Maybe 26 miles is not my final. It's not my destination. It's not my finish. And that's when I kind of started saying, well, maybe I did hear over here some other people talking about 50 milers, 32 milers, this and that. Maybe it's something to think about. So that's kind of how the, where the, the, the ultra marathoning came into play. And with the ultra marathoning, since you're trying to transition to it, are you self-taught? Are you, do you have a coach or do you kind of do it your, your own thing and kind of do, figure out your own training plans? What does that look like for you? Well, so ultra running definitely is not a lot of that. Uh, like a, a um, here is a set training plan for 100 miles or a set. I, I bought books and I, all this kind of stuff, but the books to me, it was just like, this seems like I would ha- have to quit my job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was actually looking at it the other day. I said, I, this is crazy. Because mm-hmm. it's funny when I, at the time I was catching, I was on Marta for like four years and I would be reading the book all intensely. And I'd be talking to myself like, I can't, who, I don't know that, what? I, mm-hmm. It was just like so mm-hmm. crazy to me. Mm-hmm. But I, there is a lady, Susan Donnelly, who is a ultra marathon coach mm-hmm. and a life coach that I have referred to quite a bit with different races. Specifically, mm-hmm. I try to, you know, cause money is time. So, you know, so, so a certain amount of money and time that goes into her, her meetings. And um, I definitely reach out to her and she's awesome in regards mm-hmm. to, okay, I got this race. This is the terrain. I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. or um, that I had to be done in this amount of time. Mm-hmm. I need some help. So yeah, Susan Donnelly is her name. Nice. She's awesome. And that, that would be, I would consider her my coach in terms of the mindset, Def, not the, um, you have to do this miles and that miles. That's something I, I have to figure out on my own. Okay, nice. And what does that week look like for you? I know you just mentioned that, you know, obviously your schedule is busy and I can only imagine Tommy and I talk about the the training schedule of a marathon, let alone ultras. Um, so what is that? What does an average week look like for you for training? Okay, sure. Well, it, it, I'm sure you already know I'm going to say it depends on where I am with training, but mm-hmm. I'll say during the week, an average week is... Okay, well, let me just start off by saying I'm an early riser. I have, have already always been a 3 a.m., 4 a.m. girl. I'm not mm-hmm. a nighttime person. I'm not a party person. I'm not a stay up late person. I'm, I'm that grandma <laughs> of going to sleep <laughs> 8, 30, 9 o'clock okay. in the bed yeah, time. So okay. with, with that being said, that's how I am able to wake up 2, 30, 3 o'clock in the morning where I do Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays between four to six miles per day. Mm. On Mondays and Fridays, I'm still doing some type of strength training, okay. which is anything between leg training, core, um, anything that will help with endurance. Okay. And then on Saturdays and Sundays is, is the long distance. So mm. depending where I am w- with training, Saturday might be 30 miles, Sunday might be 
13 miles. Mm. Okay. So you're technically, you're training seven days a week, but actual running you're doing five days a week. Exactly. Okay. Right. That's some serious that's, training. It is. <laughs> well, that's something that I've come up with and I had to do it early in the morning because if I don't, the day is gone. I can't, after work, it's impossible. Mm -hmm. I, I'm done. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I won't be able to do it. So it has to be done early in the morning. Right, right. And when you're when you're training here in Atlanta, because you do ultras that are also like you do trail running as well as road running. So when you do these, a lot of the ultras, how are you training? Are you training on terrain or are you training more on pavement or track and then you transition it to to trail? That is such a great question because it depends on each race. So okay. I'll give Voodoo Ultra my 138 miler. That's mm -hmm. all gravel. Mm -hmm. Where I run in Fayetteville, Georgia, uh, it's a beautiful trail. I love it. And then I also love the track, but there's a, a small portion where there's gravel. I practiced on that gravel. I went back and forth whenever I could, probably looking like a crazy person. I didn't care, but it was, it was just to get to, to get those miles. And it's, it, it's a very short distance, but that's where they had the gravel. And that's where I needed my body and my hips and everything to get used to, to it. But if not, if I don't have access to that, I um, add extra hill training or or add a, a few more miles to my mm -hmm. run. I, I try to balance out as much as I can. Okay, nice. And obviously, do you prefer trail versus pavement? Because I know I've met you and when I see you at races, it's always pavement because I don't run trail. But what is your preference? Do you prefer being on trails? or the road? I prefer trail that's not technical. Okay. Trails, trails that there's roots all over the place where I don't know if y'all saw, I'm not exaggerating. It was 21 times that I tripped, didn't fall, that I tripped in Arizona because it was all sorts of roots and jagged rocks. I'm talking about this big and, and where I fell once, but it was a bad fall. In fact, I I don't know if y'all, y'all probably can't see. I still, it's, this hand is still healing. This hand was ballooned up. Mm. I thought I broke it. I was wow. Like, yeah. I was like, okay, it's broken. Let me mm -hmm. just keep running. I hope it doesn't, I hope everything's okay. <laughs> right. And they wrapped, the medic wrapped it up and they said it wasn't broken. But anyway, um, I, I, I like the nature part of trail running. Mm -hmm the safe part of street running, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The trail running can be uh, a little concerning in terms of just tripping and falling and things that nature or animals or insects and amphibians. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, That's what I'm going to say. Have you, have you run across any animals out there on the trail? <laughs> Tommy, the scariest definitely was when a mama alligator was chasing me. No. What? Yes, I'm so glad. I didn't think he was going to be able to come up in this. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up. Actually, it wasn't even a hundred mile. It was Wildcat 100K a few years ago. Uh, six, so it was a 62 miler. Um, and it was loops. It was loops. And early in the loops, I heard baby alligators. Being from New Orleans, I know what baby alligators sound like. So when I'm hearing ba baby alligators, I said, oh, mama's not close. This is going to be a problem when the night, when the 
the sun goes down. Sure enough, because you know, kind of sound like frogs. The baby alligators mm-hmm. kind of sound like like frogs. And sure enough, I don't know exactly what time it was. I think I might I might say it was maybe around mile thirty something, late thirties, forties. And I hear the sound of what is I would consider a T Rex. It was so so loud words can't even begin to describe how it felt like the t-rex is right here on my neck and it was growling and it was loud and it was this it wasn't even growling was this guttural i can't even begin to explain y'all had to google it because i had to Mm. google it afterwards but it was this guttural this guttural purr or Mm -hmm. Like a hiss almost, but a different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, but mm-hmm. intensified. And she wasn't mm-hmm. happy. She wasn't happy that I was I was too close to her babies. Mm-hmm. So that sound happened. And then there was this loud, roaring sound. And I started running as fast as I could. That was, I don't know what, I didn't, I didn't check my, my watch. But I know that had to have been the fastest mile of that race. I was scared mm. out of my mind. I was shaking literally for a good 30 minutes mm. where I think once again, most people would have said, that's it for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I, after like a good, like 30, 40 minutes, I finally calmed down. I said, okay, I'm gonna go back out there. Cause like I said, it was a loop. I said, I'll, right. I'll, I'll continue. Needless to say, after when we got to that part, I would always wait for somebody and say, hey, mm. And do the whole, hi, my name is Aisha. <laughs> I saw an alligator here and I don't want to be by myself. So yes. I'm you. if I run with you, I'll be quiet. I'll run behind you, whatever your pace is. I'll do the same. So it was, and that was by far the craziest because needless to say, I returned next year mm-hmm. to 100 miler. And part of my training was to listen to alligator sounds. Mm. So I wouldn't freeze up. So that was literally part of my training. I would be at work and just have the alligator guttural sounds and the mama sounds. So when it would happen again, if and when it would happen again, I would be okay. Let me tell you something. I'm from Florida. I know alligators. I ain't gonna lie to you. Let me tell you something. I've only (laughs) been, I've been around two in my whole life. I don't walk across small bridges that go over dark water where I can't see under anymore. Wow. I'm glad you understand. Oh. So you get it. You get it. And I, and I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Congrats, congrats on, on being that brave. Congrats you on must, being safe. Exactly. You must really love running. Um, and they would have seen you because I don't know if you got, okay, so if you're in Atlanta and you've seen Aisha out, she's always wearing this bright, colorful um, <laughs> kits. Um, Tight shirts, singlets, everything. Bright colors. Bright yes. colors. Um, what's the name of that that company? Ink that and does burn. A, ink and burn. Yes. Yes. So she's always bright and colorful. So I know the alligator could see you because I know you had it on. But you know what's the crazy thing is? Because I used to see your pictures when you would have it on. I was like, yeah, she just went out for races. I bet you when she running just regular, she got on target. I bet she ain't went. Nope. I saw you out training. You were downtown. Well, you were near the belt line. And okay. it was years ago. And you out running, you had it. I said, yeah, she training that stuff too. So there you go. <laughs> That's yeah. for every day. That's for every day time. <laughs> so Ink and Burn, tell us a little bit about them. Are they, are you an ambassador for them? 
Yes, I am an ambassador. I've been, ooh. It's been know. a long time. I've seen you forever in the, with working yeah. with them. Yeah. I guess if I had to say a number, if I had to just grab a number, I would say six years, seven years, okay. probably longer, probably longer. Uh, but yeah, I love it because it's it's vibrant, it's colorful, it's art, it's mm-hmm. everything that that I. It's great enjoy. because mm-hmm. you're right. The normal kits are very. If you, it's hard to find stuff, different stuff. You know, sometimes like everybody kind of looks the same. Black shorts, yeah. white shirt, you know, whatever. So mm-hmm. yeah, it definitely uh, makes you stand out. And if you if you feel good, you run good. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm not trying to stand out. It's just I art. I just love art. I don't know if y'all can even see. I have yeah. just this this whole room is full of art, and I just and color. I love color. I love art, and it's just something that just makes me happy. It brings even more fun to running, which is what I love to do. So. Nice. Well, let me ask you this, because when you're talking about ultra running, you got to have support, support, I'm sorry, support staff. So how is that? Does your family come out and support, you know, for the support staff? Or do you have friends that kind of sharper you in these long runs? No. Okay. So my family comes out for some, a lot of my, well, some of my runs, the long distance runs, especially when I got into ultra running, they were like, this is entirely too long. Why? How are you still running? We're tired. We're hungry. We're hot. <laughs> In fact, you, you gotta love kids because they do not care. Exactly. <laughs> so actually, I did an HBCU 5K, a 5K mm-hmm. years ago, and the girls are small, but enough to be able to be like, "Mommy, it's, we're so ready to eat. We're so ready to go. What's going on?" And I said, "I just finished." I haven't even had a chance to talk to anybody yet. And they were like, oh my God. <laughs> it was a whole thing for them. It was like, yeah, it's time to go, Ma. Exactly. Right. So from that point on, it was kind of like, okay, y'all don't have to come to all my races. So they would, we would do races together as a family. But the last two, three years ago, three years ago, the 100 miler in Florida, Wildcat 100, they did, everybody came out, my husband and my girls, they came out and, um, when I say can't come out, they didn't crew me because it was a loop. So there was mm-hmm. no crewing involved. So it was a literal, we're going to go to the beach and we're going to come back. We're going to have lunch. We're going to come back and check mm-hmm. on you. And the mm-hmm. check-in, check-in will be real quick like, hey, you're good. Yep. You need some ice. All right. Here you go. We'll come back at dinner. They go to the beach or go to the movies. They'll watch a whole movie. Watch Wakanda. Exactly. Come back. You need some some bur- a burger here you go all right see you tomorrow morning so oh, yeah then that that's the support will come in that play but uh in terms of do you, what did you, you what did you all ask if oh, well this, who uh who does like, your sherpa, your who sherpa. does your crew yeah who who does oh, your yeah, crew okay. stuff for you right so so far my running has been just uh where i don't necessarily need i don't really need a crew it's you run 100 miles how you don't need a crew uh, because that's where the mental part comes into play. The mental part comes into play where if you have the, the nutrition and the food, you'll be okay. So do you strategically place things in different places or you kind of make your loops and make sure that you have to pass your car to have your nutrition there? Is it that type thing? Or how do you usually do? I'm pretty sure on your training runs is easier to do that. But on races, it may be a little different. Okay, so um, yes. The training, 
actually training in both and race. So my husband, he cooks. He loves to cook. That's that is his zen. Just like running is my zen, cooking his zen is is his zen. And he's like, when I say cooking, is like straight from the beginning. Onion chopping, everything, bell peppers. Mm. It's, it's nothing. It's no preservatives. It's ev everything is fresh. So I'm mentioning that to say. I take a Ziploc bag and he puts a lot of those potatoes and bacon and whatever he's making. And I incorporate that in my training runs. So that's mm. pushing my uh, ice chest, what I bring if it's not too far off into the race day to the actual race in Ziploc bags. I have that in what you see with my uh, hydration pack that's inside of there. Mm -hmm. So it's helpful. It's helpful. Um, so yeah, that's something that is help, helpful in terms of nutrition with eating. I do eat real food. I don't just rely on gels. I can't. Okay. 100 miles is for me. I'll speak for myself because some people may be able to do it. It's entirely too long to rely on those small packets of yeah. glues and gels. So mm -hmm. real, that's when real food comes into play. And I have to say, the real food in those long runs, oh my God, it is so good. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a lack of nutrition. And mm -hmm. I love to eat, by the way. I have to say that. <laughs> so everything like everything is extra salty or extra. You can taste the sodium in a way that can't. It's undescribable. It's just like you can you can just taste everything. Everything's just so pure. That's the mm -hmm. best to describe it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's where the nutrition comes into play. Now I have to admit, um, that has been uh, something that I've been dealing with, in which I love the training run, so you can figure it all out. Because there there are times where nutrition is like I'm depleted. I feel like mm -hmm. I'm about to throw up all over mm -hmm. the place. I, I've never have. I know people who have. That's a normal mm -hmm. thing for them. But I'm just gagging all over the place, looking crazy, stopping and just dry heaving. Mm -hmm. And there's also points where that nutrition is, is perfect. It's like, okay, what mile was this? Make a mental note, check it off. This is where I need to put more salt or more sodium or more sugar mm -hmm. into my diet. So I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, no, no, it does. So it sounds like you basically carry the few food and nutrition or fuel that you need on your purse on you um, and not necessarily relying on Sherpas or crews to be able to kind of help you out on courses. Exactly. The only time that I relied on a crew was uh, Voodoo Ultra, the 138 okay. miler. And that okay. was incredible. I got to see the importance of a crew. I, I got to see like, wow, this is why people have crews. <laughs> it's difficult. I have to say as I almost kind of feel like it's a cop out to pull out the, the race card, but it is difficult to get black people to come out and, and join and say, <laughs> oh yeah, I'll run X amount of miles. Oh yeah, I'll wake up, I'll be with you at 3 a.m. to give you a starburst. Yeah. You know, it's just like, <laughs> the, most, the initial reaction is like, what are you even talking about? What right. are you saying? Right. So my, my crew, which was small and small, like where it was only two people. And the, the crew was like three, between three to five. Mm -hmm. And uh, for Voodoo Ultra, it was a veteran runner, um, incredible, also a veteran. So he had that strong mental 
that I really needed, where he was able to literally do the, I don't know the the term for, it, but the the cadence mm-hmm. where we were running together and he was doing the, uh, no, no, you know, he had that mm-hmm. thing going mm-hmm. tremendously, especially in the rain and the cold, and we kept the pace. And then I also had a uh, a runner who was used to the terrain, uh, Howard. Mm-hmm. And um, that was my first time having a real crew. And it okay. was incredible. And I got to see like, wow, this does make a difference. Mentally, it makes a huge difference. Because all I asked of Howard was, because he was, when I asked him to initially be a part of my crew, he said, what do you need from me? What pace do you need? I said, I don't need a pace. I need for you to just talk. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even have to be real stories. You can make stuff up. It doesn't even have to be your <laughs> story. You can lie as long as it's entertaining. So distracting, yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So as long as we're still moving and you're telling me about this and this person that, I don't even care as long as we're still moving. So Mm -hmm. yeah, um, the mental state of ultra marathoning is is, is serious and incredible and amazing. And that, to answer your question, is my crew. Okay, that's awesome. I mean, I just think, I mean, I think when it comes to ultra marathoning, it's not about pace. Like, I feel like it's, there are some people that, you know, you're like, how did you finish a hundred miles in that amount of time? But ultimately it is the mental strength and being able to cover the distance versus the pace. Whereas I think that that's a huge difference between road racing and ultra marathon or trail racing. Like it is very different. So definitely kudos to you to be able to have that and continue to train through and race through very different times and times of the day and the distance and mental strength and having your fuel I give all props to uh, to you on that um and as we wrap up I just want to mention this because I it would be it would be a disservice for me not to mention the fact that you are a woman of color um and you're out here doing ultra races and trail races that is something that is amazing it's big I wish we could see more people like you um and I guess just to kind of close this up what do you how do you feel about I guess representation or lack thereof when it comes to trail and ultra running oh my gosh okay well that's such a great question and I knew it was coming but I I still am not prepared because what I have to say and it may not it may not be true, honestly, from what, but what I know, there are black women that mm-hmm. are running. These there races, are, yes. But they're just not as open and as out as my experiencing of, oh, I tripped and almost died and fell off a cliff and the alligator chased me and coyotes. It's, they're just not putting it out there. Mm-hmm. And that's when, when I'm reaching out to them saying like, hey, can you tell me about some hundred milers and this and that and like oh yeah do this and that so you've done it yeah I didn't know nobody knows we mm-hmm. you should let it be known so mm-hmm. not that I'm saying that there's a I'm secretly emailing and texting hundreds <laughs> of black women yeah. <laughs> out there but it's just like I didn't know it I'll say that much I didn't know it when I went out into the this world, I, I thought I was like the one in two or maybe three of those mm-hmm. of, that are out there. But it, it is, it's, it's an incredible thing that I wish, mm, I hate to use this, but social media to say, 
hey, just to at least put your yourself out there. This is, oh, I'm doing this race or this is what's going on or because it's an opportunity to be like, oh, I would love to help crew you. I will come mm -hmm. out and run 40 miles with you. I will come out with those alligators. I know those alligators. I've been there. <laughs> I will do that with you and come from a place of absolute love and respect and not want any kind of accolade or medal or belt to go with it as long as you finish. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like to me, um, you acknowledge that you are a woman of color in this running and trail space. Um, but you also acknowledge that there's, there's several other women, which for me, I personally know a good handful of women just from my social media um, that are women of color that also trail runners. Um, but I just feel like for one, you all don't get the platforms that you all deserve to talk about your experience. And so it's almost as if people automatically put you in a box as if it doesn't happen or you all aren't out there, but you are. Um, and then it's the other piece that I hear from you is that, hey, let's connect. So let's connect so that we can all come <laughs> together and be powerful on these trails and be powerful um, getting these, the, these ultra miles. And that's what I'm hearing from you. And for me, I greatly appreciate that call out. And I think that there needs to be more um, more trail runners out there, not only speaking up, but let's connect more as a community so that we can kind of change the narrative of what it looks like for women of color to be ultra runners and trail runners. Oh my gosh, India, there's so much. Ooh, <laughs> I, I know I can be long-winded. I know I'm talkative. I can't agree with you more. Mm -hmm. I can't agree. Um, yes. So and this is where social media comes into play. There's like, oh, what's this girl's name? Oh, she said, welcome to the 100 mile. Okay, so that means that she's done something. Let me go to her page. Oh, she's mm -hmm. done this. Oh, she's done that. Let me instant message. What are you doing, girl? How you doing? What's your name? <laughs> mm -hmm. Let's connect. You need a crew member. I will happy to crew you for what was your next race? Blah, 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 da, da, da. Yeah, it, it's important. It's something that, since it's not a normal thing, it's not a, oh, hey, hi, I'm trying to do this mileage. Can you come out here in the area, do 40 miles with me, 30 miles with me? I appreciate it and move on. It's it's difficult. It's hard. So I it, it is, with all that being said, because I don't want to downplay to make it sound like what I'm doing is not important. There, It's a small amount of us. It's a small number of us. And what I, I hope with interviews like this, with conversations like this, with dialogue with the, oh, congratulations, welcome to the club. Oh, what have, else have you done? Let's, let's connect so we can do this together or bring your cousin or who is not an ultra runner who likes to run to come into the play or mm -hmm. this person who does marathons and, and bring them into the play and where it's not just this super small community of a, a closed box where it's not going to get any further and it's just just like up winter where it's just like this is where it's going to go it's not going to go any further than this and and that's it I, I don't want it to be like that I I think this is something that with training mm -hmm. and discipline that it's not just a a small a community it's not a small community that anybody can do nice 
Well, with that being said, how can our listeners connect with you? Because I know that we have some trail and ultra runners that that can that um, trail and ultra runners that listen to us. How can they connect with you if they want to get you to be a crew member or run with you or connect with you? Tell us your social media handles or a best way to contact you. Um, you don't have to give your phone number, but if there's social media <laughs> social media uh, outlet that you want them to have that they can they can connect with you. <laughs> okay, so I. I oh, I feel like such an old lady. My girls will laugh at me. I am on Instagram, but not as much. I would actually have to look it up. Okay. I think it's... It's Sunny, S-U-N-N-Y, <laughs> underscore runner, underscore AJ. So yeah. Sunny, Sunny Runner AJ is her Instagram. <laughs> that's the one. Yes, that's the one. And But I, I prefer Facebook. It's a okay. bit more personable, I think, in my opinion which is just Aisha Jordan dash Johnson. Yes. And, um, and that's it. I'm, I'm not on any other platforms. That's perfect. Those are perfect. So all of our listeners definitely connect with Aisha on Facebook, Instagram, but Facebook preferably. So if y'all want to connect with her, get to know her, she is definitely what her Instagram says, very sunny and a ray of sunshine and very <laughs> great spirit. I really appreciate you continue to be awesome in this Atlanta running community and beyond and doing all the greatness that you're doing so we really 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 appreciate you thank you India and Tommy I just want to say I I feel like I have so much to say (laughs) this and I I know I can be long-winded I am very aware and coming into this I said try to keep your sentences short (laughs) (laughs) because I have so much to say but With that, oh, with all that being said, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I was hoping to just share more. What else? Oh. Well, okay. So maybe we'll have to have a part two at some point. I think we'll have How to about have that? a part two. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I can tell you all about the coyotes and rattlesnakes. And yes. Yes. Well, what, what's your next race? What do you have coming up? Oh, um, December 11th, Jupiter, Florida, 80. 80- Two miler, um, wow. um, yeah, that's gonna be kind of intense. It's not. It's a. Uh, it's a whole bunch of loops, so it's safe. Not mm. that I'm saying. Hmm, that's interesting. It's making me wonder. To be an ultra runner, do you have to be non-safe? But it's <laughs> <laughs> it's safe in terms of it's a whole bunch of loops and uh, no animals that I'm aware of, and it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be intense. Um, apart from that, Voodoo Ultra, I definitely plan on going back to that. Um, Voodoo Ultra, there were lots of alligators falling into the water, and I saw them. As I'm sure you know, Tommy, with their hands out, just wading in the water mm-hmm. or falling into the water at night. That's something I plan on doing um, in March. Okay. I went. We, we definitely appreciate you taking time out of your evening to speak with us. And we can't wait. Like I said, we'll schedule something in the new year. We can't wait for part two. Okay, yes. sounds good. I love okay. it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right, thank you. Y'all have a good night. Oh my gosh. The Aisha is just... She is, she is she amazing. Is. And she, y'all, I mean, I, we don't show the videos on here, but she is like grinning and smiling the whole time and just... Sunny, like yes. we said, just sunshine, sunny. you know. Sunshine, yeah. ray of just everything. 
Exactly, exactly. We're going to get her on again so she can continue telling us some of her adventures and her stories from her ultra running. But now, India, if they want to get in touch with you and learn your stories and the last time you were chased by an alligator, how would they do that? Yes, you can find me on my social media at I underscore of underscore indigo underscore runs. So that's I am indigo runs. Um, and you can also find me on my website at mouthfromindia.com. And on Facebook, it's just India Cook. And you can reach me at Thomas W. Mitchell, the number two at gmail.com, as well as on Instagram, tmitch68, or on Strava. Hit me up on Strava. I've been getting a lot yes. of followers. Thank you guys for giving me some likes for my, my pitiful little runs, but thank you for the likes. Keep on doing it. But <laughs> happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Yes. If, you, if you're doing a turkey trot, congratulations. If you're doing um, the actual half here in Atlanta, congratulations. And enjoy uh, the gobble gobble, enjoy the turkey, enjoy the stuffing, or enjoy the dressing. Yes, as, uh, the dressing. <laughs> the dressing. Um, and you know what? If you like cranberry sauce, enjoy your cranberry sauce. <laughs> yes, y'all have a good one. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. And if you don't celebrate, happy holidays. Bye. Exactly. Bye bye. <laughs>